Seventeenth Lesson Prayer in Harmony with God Father, I thank Thee that Thou hast heard me, and I knew that Thou hearest me always. John 11, 41-42 My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 27 In the New Testament we find the distinction between faith and knowledge. Scripture For to one is given by the Spirit a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-9 In a child or a simple-minded Christian there may be much faith with little knowledge. Childlike simplicity accepts the truth without difficulty, and often cares little to give any reason for its faith except this, God has said. But the will of God is that we should love and serve Him not only with all the heart, but also with all the mind, that we should grow up with an insight into the divine wisdom and beauty of all His ways and words and works. Only in this way can the believer fully approach and adore the glory of God's grace correctly, and only in this way can our heart intelligently comprehend the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in redemption and be prepared to enter into the highest note of the song that rises before the throne. Scripture, O the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. Romans 11.33 In our prayer life this truth has its full application. While prayer and faith are so simple that the newborn convert can pray with power, True Christian science finds in the doctrine of prayer some of its deepest problems. How far-reaching is the power of prayer? How can God grant such mighty power to prayer? How can the action of prayer be harmonized with the will and the decrees of God? How can God's sovereignty and our will, God's liberty and ours, be reconciled? These and other similar questions are fit subjects for Christian meditation and inquiry. The more earnestly and reverently we approach such mysteries, the more we will fall in adoring wonder to praise Him who has given such power to man. One of the secret difficulties with regard to prayer, though not expressed that it often hinders prayer, is derived from the perfection of God in His absolute independence of all that is outside of Himself. Is He not the infinite Being who owes what He is to Himself alone, who determines Himself, and whose wise and holy will has determined all that is to be? How can prayer influence Him? How can He be moved by prayer to do what otherwise would not be done? Isn't the promise of an answer to prayer simply a condescension to our weakness? Is what is said of the power, the much-availing power, of prayer anything more than an accommodation to our thinking, because the Deity can never be dependent on any action from outside? And isn't the blessing of prayer simply the influence it exercises upon us? In seeking an answer to such questions, we find the key in the very being of God, in the mystery of the Holy Trinity. If God was only one person, shut up within Himself, there would be no thought of nearness to Him or influence on Him. But in God there are three persons, Father and Son, with the Holy Spirit as their living bond of unity and fellowship. When the Father gave the Son a place next to Him as His equal, there was a way opened for prayer and its influence in the very inmost life of Deity itself. 
Just as on earth, so in heaven, the whole relationship between Father and Son is that of giving and receiving. If that receiving is to be as voluntary and self-determined as the giving, there must be an asking and receiving on the part of the Son. In the holy fellowship of the divine persons, this asking of the Son was one of the great operations of the blessed life of God. Hence we have it in Psalm 2, 7-8, This day I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee. The Father gave the Son the place and the power to act upon him. Jesus said, I knew that thou hearest me always. John 11:42. Just as the sonship of Jesus on earth may not be separated from his sonship in heaven, even so his prayer on earth is the continuation and the counterpart of his asking in heaven. The prayer of the man Christ Jesus is the link between the eternal asking of the only begotten Son in the bosom of the Father and the prayer of men upon earth. Prayer has its rise and its deepest source in the very being of God. In the bosom of deity, nothing is ever done without prayer, the asking of the Son and the giving of the Father. This may help us understand how the prayer of man coming through the Son can have an effect upon God. The decrees of God are not decisions made by Him without reference to the Son, His petition, or the petition sent through Him. By no means. The Lord Jesus is the first begotten, the head and heir of all things. For by Him were all things created that are in the heavens and that are in earth. All things were created by Him and in Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Colossians 1, 16-17 As representative of all creation, the Son always has a voice with the Father. In the decrees of the eternal purpose, there was always room left for the Son as mediator and intercessor for the petitions of all who draw near to the Father through the Son. And if this liberty and power of the Son to act upon the Father seems to be at variance with the immutability of the divine decrees, remember there is not a past by which He is irrevocably bound. God does not live in time with its past and future. The distinctions of time have no reference to Him, for He inhabits eternity, and eternity is an ever-present now, in which the past is never past and the future is always present. To meet our human weakness, Scripture must speak of past decrees and a coming future. In reality, the immutability of God's counsel is still in perfect harmony with His liberty to do whatever He wills. The prayers of the Son and His people were not included in the eternal decrees simply for show. Instead, the Father listens with His heart to every prayer that rises through the Son. God does allow Himself to be influenced by prayer to do what He otherwise would not have done. This perfect harmony and union of divine sovereignty and human liberty is to us an unfathomable mystery, because God as the Eternal One transcends all our thoughts. But let it be our comfort and strength to be assured that in the eternal fellowship of the Father and the Son the power of prayer has its origin and certainty. Through our union with the Son, our prayer is taken up and can have its influence in the inner life of the Blessed Trinity. 
God's decrees are no iron framework against which man's liberty would vainly struggle. No, God Himself is the living love, who in His Son as man has entered into the most tender relationship with all that is human. Through the Holy Spirit, He takes up all that is human into the divine life of love and keeps Himself free to give every human prayer its place in His government of the world. In the light of such thoughts, the doctrine of the Blessed Trinity is no longer an abstract speculation, but it is the living manifestation of the way in which it was possible for man to be taken up into the fellowship of God with his prayer becoming a real factor in God's rule of this earth. We can catch a glimpse of the light shining from the eternal world in words such as these, Scripture, Through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Ephesians 2.18 Everlasting God, in deep reverence and veiled face I worship before the holy mystery of Your divine being. And if it pleases You, O most glorious God, to unveil any of that mystery, I would bow with fear and trembling, lest I sin against You, as I meditate on Your glory. Father, I thank You that You bear this name not only as the Father of Your children here on earth, but also as having from eternity subsisted as the Father with Your only begotten Son. I thank You that as Father You can hear our prayer, because from eternity You have given a place in Your counsels to the asking of Your Son. I thank You that we have seen in Him on earth what the blessed communication was that He had with You in heaven, and how from eternity in all Your counsels and decrees there had been room left for His prayer and their answers. I thank You above all that through His true human nature on Your throne and through Your Holy Spirit in our human nature, a way has been opened up by which every human cry of need can be taken up into and touch the life and the love of God, and receive in answer whatsoever it shall ask. Blessed Jesus, in whom the path of prayer has been opened up, and who gives us assurance of the answer, we ask You to teach Your people to pray. O let this be the sign of our sonship every day, that like You we know that the Father hears us always. Amen. Note, God hears prayer. This simple view of prayer is found throughout Scripture. It doesn't dwell on the reflex influence of prayer on our heart and life, although it abundantly shows the connection between prayer as an act and prayer as a state. It rather fixes with great definiteness the objective or real purposes of prayer, to obtain blessing, gifts, and deliverances from God. Ask, and it shall be given, is what Jesus said. However true and valuable the reflection may be, God, foreseeing all things, has also foreseen our prayers as links in the chain of events, as cause and effect, and as a real power. Yet we feel convinced that this is not the light in which the mind can find peace in this great subject, nor do we think that here is the attractive power to draw us in prayer. We feel rather that such a reflection diverts the attention from the object whence comes the impulse, life, and strength of prayer. The living God, present and not merely eternal, the living, merciful, holy one, God manifesting himself to the soul, God saying, Seek my face, 
Hosea 5.15, this is the magnet that draws us. This alone can open heart and lips. In Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we have the full solution to the difficulty. He prayed on earth not merely as man, but also as the Son of God incarnate. His prayer on earth is only the manifestation of His prayer from all eternity, when in the divine council He was set up as the Christ. The Son was appointed to be heir of all things. From all eternity, the Son of God was the way, the mediator. To use our imperfect language, He was from eternity speaking unto the Father on behalf of the world. Adolf Safir, The Hidden Life, Chapter 6, Page 136